Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee, with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to our 200th episode of The Rock Focus. Yippee! We made it farther than anticipated. 200 episodes and into the fifth season. We still have more episodes ahead. And it's all thanks to our listeners who motivate us to keep offering more and more. Over our 200 episodes, we've covered craft with plot and characters, process with rhetorical devices, productivity with challenges, and tools for writers like research. This episode is an update to an old post, a blast from the past, with new insights. For those of us raised on Western storytelling and conflict and characters, this method will be an about-face, a plotting method that works for short works, stories, and novellas, rather than novels and epics. As we analyze it, you'll see the reason I say that. The next two weeks, we have another look back at a plotting method from the early days of The Right Focus. The Plot 7. It's not a plot structure. Instead, it also is a method for writers to develop the skeleton of a novel or novella very quickly. It can expand to an epic or shorten down to a very brief novella. Let's call it a process. After a season on craft, it's time we looked at processes. And it's a strong way, with the plot seven is, to supercharge our productivity. After a season of distractions and disruptions, Totally suitable after our holiday season. So, without more rattling, let's look at Kishotenketsu. Kishotenketsu. Yes, that's right. Kishotenketsu, a Japanese word. This is a plotting method which I encountered a couple of years ago as I finished writing my guidebook, Discovering Plot. You know how you do research to finish out, and the new research changes everything? Kisho Denketsu didn't change everything. And after two years, I still believe the archetypal story pattern is the best plotting structure for novels and novellas. But Kisho Denketsu does offer a slightly different perspective and a different motivational approach for the primary characters. With Kisho Denketsu, We really cannot say protagonist, the character facing the conflict. We can still say antagonist, conflict creator, but often our primary characters deals with events and circumstances, situations created by the antagonist, although our primary may sidestep or disconnect from the antagonist entirely. Let's start our exploration of Kishotenketsu with some background. Unlike the beats or pinch points, Freytag's simple pyramid or three, four, or five act structure, 
We won't delve into the pros and cons of this method. It's too different to be compared in that manner, although we'll end with a couple of analyses. According to research, Kishotenketsu is the plotting method of Asian narratives. Originating in China, the method is also used in Korea. The word Kishotenketsu, which I have no idea how to pronounce, having only read it, and online pronunciation machines only get me so far. Anyway, Kishotoketsu is the Japanese word for that nation's method. All three, Japanese, Korean, Chinese, follow the same four-event structure, or four-act structure. The structure is not bound to conflict between primaries. The stages are first, introduction, then second, hardship or complications, which makes us sound very like a Shakespearean five-act structure or complex plot. Third, reversal or twist or turning point. This is the first stage where we see a major difference, although Shakespearean structure also has a reversal. But it's not the same. It definitely is not the same. Or the difference continues into the fourth act, which is the conclusion, or where the third act twist resolves with acts one and two. It's a reconciliation of the beginning with the twist. Reconciliation is not the best word because that's not what goes on. It's the combining of acts one and two with act three. That's the best way to describe it. Without an example, that description makes no sense. So we'll look at an example for our analysis. That third act twist is an unexpected development of the story. It contains the most important element, the yama or climax. As explanation, Wikipedia presents a story from Sanyo Rei, Daughters of Atoya, which is in the Honmaki of Osaka. Sanyo Rei lived 1780 to 1832. So his work is in the public domain. I'm going to use his Daughters of Atoya as our example of Kishotenketsu. In Acts 1 and 2, we meet two daughters, one 16, the other 14. The development of the Acts presents their youth and how, in Act 2, they are associated with the violence. Remember that Act 3 twist? In the twist, we discover that, let me quote, Damyos are powerful feudal lords under the rule of a shogun and the emperor, and they protected the people. Throughout history, Damyos killed the enemy with bows and arrows. This is totally not expected after two acts with the sweet young daughters of Atoya. This stage steps away from the daughters to present the Damyos who are something entirely new. We can anticipate, however, that the daughters will become Damyos. Sure enough, in Act 4, we discover that the daughters of Atoya heal with their eyes. This is still quoting Wikipedia. I assume they are magical Damyos that bad people would not expect. According to Wikipedia, they seduce men with their eyes, killing them just as the, until now, unrelated generals 
who kill with bows and arrows. Now, supposedly, this is a story structure without conflict. Actually, the conflict, the young women's special power, is hidden. Acts 1 and 2 apparently have no foreshadowing. Without seeing a translation of the Daughters of Atoya and other stories in the Hanmaki of Asaka, I cannot state with any certainty that there is no conflict or foreshadowing. The clues might be there as hidden metaphors or symbols. I would anticipate that the clues are there, foreshadowing developed in mythological stories globally. That would not be a surprise. The third act, twist, or turning point, may be an unexpected complication. It certainly directs us to the end, which is actually expected now that we know the pattern. Introduce people in harmony with the world, show some disharmony occurring, introduce something completely new, a new twist, and then combine those in some new manner in Act 4. Niels Odlin, in an article entitled Kisho Ketsu for Beginners, has a made-up story to explain this Asian plotting method. You can find the article at Mythic Scribes, The Art of Fantasy Storytelling. I'll have a link in the show notes, as well as a link to the Wikipedia article. When I encountered Kisho Ketsu, it was the new, hot plotting method. Since then, however, it is no longer a hot topic. In Niels Odlin's story, Act 1, or Key, introduces a fisherman on his seafaring boat. He hasn't caught enough fish. He lives in harmony with the environment, and this is not too troubling of an event to not have caught enough fish. In Act 2, or Show, the fisherman decides to return home to his family whom he loves even more than he loves the sea. 10, Act 3, gives us an unexpected twist. Let me quote Odlin. The third act is about a woman hiding in the forest with two crying children. She's the fisherman's wife, and she's hiding because their village got attacked by brigands. So here's a violence entering the story, a conflict of some sort entering the story. In Western storytelling, we might expect a fisherman to come back, attack and fight the brigands, and then somehow the wife and the children are involved, and we worry about them, and then they're rescued, and everything's well after that. That doesn't happen in a Kishotenketsu story. In Act 4, Ketsu, we have the fisherman united with his wife and children in the destroyed village. The brigands are nowhere in sight. They use his boat to find another village. See? No conflict. No expected battle. I've greatly paraphrased Odlin, but we can see how his story matches to the daughters of Atoya in that unpredicted Act 3. Acts 1 and 2 have nothing about brigands. No direct encounter with the brigands occur. The fishermen will not fight the brigands. The wife and children hide, thereby escaping the brigands. Again, no direct conflict. While the fourth act of the Daughters of Atoya clearly links the first two acts with the third, we don't have that in Odlin's story. The hiding wife and children and the attacking brigands are not at all hinted or foreshadowed in the first acts. I suppose we could have hidden symbols, a red sun burning his flesh, 
or swimming sharks that make it impossible to bring in a catch, or some such things. Odlin does not provide them in his description. He calls the third act not a conflict, but presenting a tension. The contrast, let me quote, The contrast between what we've seen in the past, the fisherman on his way home after a day on the sea, and what we're seeing at the moment, the village being ransacked, as well as the fearful mother trying to keep the terrified children quiet. This is the difference. Evil occurs. It disrupts life, but life goes on, only a little disturbed. The fisherman still has his boat. No one sacrifices anything except material possessions, and those are replaceable. Odlin tells us to plan a Kisho Taketsu story, by making a list of what each of the four acts need to achieve. We look for a primary character. We will not have a problem or goal to achieve. Our primary is in his or her existence. Next, move to stage three. What will be the tension? What will be the disruption? An historical event, like the Damios in the Two Daughters story? Are the outlaws in Odlin's story? A disruptor? that creates a need, whatever that need is. Then back up to write stage two, which will present the clues to trouble. In the two daughters story, the daughters encounter violence without the violence directly affecting them. They merely see the need to do something. In Odlin's story, the disruptor's actions are hinted. The fisherman is traveling to the all-important home where the outlaws will be. Foreshadow with clues, a burning sun. Emphasize the importance of those at risk from the disruptors, although nothing will actually occur. Stage four is our primary in the aftermath, facing the results of evil without suffering unduly from the evil. Kisho Tenketsu is not any plotting structure or any Western story structure that depends on the early introduction of the conflict. Romeo and Juliet starts with a street fight to introduce the feud between the two families. Hamlet opens with the ghost, Macbeth with the witches. In Western stories, conflict is the predominant action and its reaction, antagonist outwitting the protagonist and often destroying the protagonist's dearest desire, which sets the protagonist on the journey. In this Asian narrative, we open with a character in seeming or actual harmony with the universe. We have serenity and knowledge that the characters are content with their life. Act 3 gives us the disruption of that harmony. We, the audience, and the aware writer, reading to learn, may guess at the coming reconciliation of Act 3 with the first two acts, but we don't know, not until we have Act 4. Then we should go back and look for hidden clues. Whatever we think, notice that the characters in Act 4, the fisherman and his family, the daughters of Atoya, are fulfilling the purpose that restores harmony. In Sanyo Ray, we may have an actual conflict between the daughters and the men. I need a translation to confirm or deny, and I can't find one. In Odlin's fisherman story, we only see the after-result of the brigands' attack. We don't have the fishermen confronting the brigands. We would have that confrontation in a Western story, 
especially Shakespeare or Aristotle or any other Western plotting method. I can't say, and I won't say, which is better. It's just different. That may be the reason Kisha Taketsu is not still predominant in writing circles. This can be a very interesting story to write, but I like conflict, so I'll stick with the archetypal story pattern. Trained from birth by stories and films to think conflict, we find the conflict vacuum uneasy and unsatisfying. What do writers want to know about plot? What do writers need to know about plot? The right focus is taking a comprehensive view of plot, the structure that develops characters, genre expectations, major story structures, pacing, tension, suspense. We cover it all in this series entitled Discovering Your Plot from M.A. Lee's Guidebook of the Same Name. Writers will discover unexpected insights and methods that deepen their understanding of this major craft in the storytelling world. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emily Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Renee Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.